Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to both us and our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. I'm normally your host, Joshua Hyde, and with me today are the greatest writer of all time, Anthony. We have our favorite he, him, Nick the homie, and the venerable Professor X with us in the studio today. How are you gentlemen doing? Great, wonderful, awesome. You remembered my name. Great. We're here. Doing great. See, uh, I, I wanted to learn from last time. I, I made a resolution to uh, make get better sure, at people's names. Yes, to get better at people's names. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm, I'm enacting my own plan to ensure that that continues. You pulled the Lincoln Park and you're breaking the habit. Got it. I don't <laughs> think that was Lincoln Park, actually. It was. <laughs> was it? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of you. Breaking the habit. There it is. Tonight. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you not finish that, Josh? I mean, but actually. Well, you, you guys, you guys <laughs> have me. You, you guys have my back. And you know what? I love you guys for that. I love you guys for that. We love you too, Josh. So, uh, quick blurb about this show. Um, Biden's presidential win was monumental for a number of reasons. For me, it was because he beat Trump. But one of the most important ones was his running mate. While Kamala was a divisive pick for many, she is now the highest ranking woman official in the United States, along with being the first African-American, Asian-American and woman to become vice president. There was a lot of talk around her and what she might do when they were still running. And now that she's in office, the talking seems to have died down a lot. Let's talk about why. But first, uh, Anthony. Yeah. What about oh, the poll? The poll. All right. So our poll is is going to be about uh, Kirsten Cinema. So uh, this was a few weeks ago, but she announced that she's no longer going to be registered as a Democrat. But instead, she was registering as an independent. Um, she sort of said that, you know, in, in recognition of Arizona, she wanted to reject party politics by declaring her independence. She is the first openly bisexual and second openly LGBT woman after Tammy Baldwin to be elected to the House of Representatives and to the Senate, respectively. She was also the first woman to be elected to the Senate from Arizona. So our question was, you know, some voters vote on party lines directly with the expectation that the person they are electing will uphold their partisan values. So should elected officials who change their party affiliation on a non-election year be allowed to continue to serve their full term? Um, so kind of a weedy, weedsy kind of question. Um, so we'll just sort of go around. Uh, Alex, put you on the put you on the seat first. Should they be allowed to serve their full term if they change their 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 uh, affiliation in a non-election year? Yeah, probably. Probably for the best. All right. <laughs> you sound very disappointed with your own answer. Um, I I just I just don't like Kirsten Cinema. She's just a liar and a charlatan, and I want her out of Congress. Um, oh, so those are some words. Those are some words. <laughs> this is why I started with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but despite that, you 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 still think like oh I mean yeah I mean absolutely she was she was fairly elected she yeah. should serve out her serve out her term and you know like that 
Like we like it'd be really weird to just like punish people and been like, well, I say, uh, we don't like I say we don't like what you're doing, so we're gonna like we're gonna punish you. And it's like that's 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 weird. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'd, I'd say. Uh. And it's like and not like not that I'm opposed to that. Like we could have it. Like I say if we want to have a recall system, I'm totally cool with that. But it shouldn't be triggered by well, you change your party affiliation. That's that's probably toxic. Okay. I was like really toxic. Yeah. yeah, I mean it could be. I can see how it could be. Yeah, Nick. Uh, I don't have a defined answer for this question, but I see like an argument for both ideas of it. I could see like, oh, you changed parties. How do I know you're still representing the voters properly? You should probably not continue to to do this. Blah blah blah. But I could see how that could very easily get abused. Also, right. Um, on the other hand. Just because you change party affiliations doesn't mean your values or morals have changed. There's a ton of uh, Democrats or left-leaning people who don't consider themselves Democrats, but vote that way. And if you're going to be a politician who finds themselves left of the window, you're not really a Democrat, and you might not want that to be a reflection of you. So Overton window. I keep forgetting its name. I didn't make the resolution. Um, So... (laughs) So, so I, I, I can see from episodes. I love <laughs> So I can see the the a reason for both things. Um, I think mostly the idea of it uh, making you lose your seat it would be abused a lot more than it wouldn't. So okay, uh, I'm get, I'm reluctantly actually I do have a de- an answer. I'm reluctantly um, yeah, it should probably stay the same, kind of like how Alice was. <laughs> All right. Josh, I think they should be removed from skin. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, no, stick to your guns, Josh. I don't believe <laughs> we have the America that would make, like, if if they were to be removed for like changing party affiliation midterm. Yeah. If we set the precedent that that can be like worth removing you from office i do not believe we have the america where that would be used correctly okay and so my i I don't even say reluctantly i think in general if they're elected they should elect they should be they should serve the term because they were elected now that might hurt their chances of getting re-elected right but like that was the risk that they played whenever they decided to change party lines yeah now i think party lines are fucking dumb uh in general and while I agree with Alex and I'm not necessarily a fan of the person, I do think uh, separating yourselves from the parties, if neither of them align to what you would want to do, makes sense. Like, I call myself a Democrat because I hate Republicans, not necessarily because I agree with Democrat values. Right. So because, like, in America, Democrats are actually, like, center. We don't have a left because our left doesn't exist in this nation until we get rid of the right. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, like, as a whole, I understand the want to not define yourself by the kind of binary thinking that has— polluted our politics for a very long time. And so I, I understand the want. I don't think that means you should be removed from office now to answer your question. All right. Um, I think a detail that wasn't in the poll question that I, in Cinema's case, I actually do. I think she should be re- removed and recalled immediately over what she did. 
actually. Because what she did is not about is what she she did this to avoid a primary challenge. And that we that's not in the poll question, but if you look at the rationale behind what she did, the polls in Arizona indicate that she will lose a primary she will lose a Democrat primary. So next time she has to run for office, she will lose the primary race. But if she's an independent, she doesn't have to face a primary. Right. Which means that she would still be on the ticket so that the Democrats would nominate somebody. Cinema would be on the ticket as an independent. And she essentially is is saying, I will split the vote and give the seat to a Republican next time. <clears throat> so the reason she's doing this is to avoid a Democrat primary challenge that would unseat her. Mm. And she's basically holding the seat hostage by saying, I will deny 15, 20, 25 percent of the votes to whoever you nominate, thereby making Republicans win the seat. So I think the inability to actually remove her makes it possible for her to basically abuse the primary system to avoid a political challenger because she's so unpopular in Arizona that she knows she can't win her seat legitimately. So she's pulling out everything. So she's holding it hostage. Yeah. Um, um, I will respond by... If only say if only your party had a way of like punishing people, or is or if only your uh, say if only the people of Arizona had a way of punishing her. Right. Like, I right. say, do they have a way of remove? Say, is there a formal process by which you can remove someone from the from the uh, on the on the ballot? Can you just say like you don't get to be on the ballot? Not if she's as an independent. I don't know. She's registered as an as an independent. Do say? Oh, I say like um. Right, but I, I say so. But so there are independent people who run for president, but they're not on the ballot. Right. You have to like. There's a process by which right. you can get on the ballot. Like, the, you could just write a. You could just change a rule and been like being, uh, the, um, what's the right? Being the incumbent is not sufficient reason to be on the ballot. You have to go through the same process that everybody else does. Yeah, I like mean, you could do that. Right. Like in this case, it is clear that like they actually do need a system to punish her because she is just holding the Arizona Democrat Party hostage. I didn't realize it was that bad. Right. right. Yeah. That it, it, She said it's because of her not. She doesn't want to be partisan, but it, it's really like she's, she's a liar she's and a charlatan, trying, right, which is what she's I said. Just trying to avoid being unseated. <laughs> um, Part of the reason I had such a. Part of the reason I had such an un, right. undefined answer is because I have right. no idea who this lady is. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about Arizona. But it, it does show that when you don't have these mechanisms to like punish elected officials, you end up in weird situations. So, yes, this is a weird one. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely that, worth thinking about. It is worth thinking about. Um, we do need some 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 more formal mechanisms in some cases. Uh, but as always, uh, polls are every Friday on our social media. Comment. Let us know what you think. Um, we like to hear your guys' opinions or read them. Read your opinions. I haven't been as active on the polls as I used to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I should. I feel like I should be better about that. Yeah, I try to save some of my opinions for the for the show itself. I try not to tip my hand too too heavily. Time. <laughs> That's fair. I, don't I, you guys I like to tip. I like to tip my hand heavily in the in the Slack channel, so that way I can get like challenged then, and I can like. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying, and then kind of morph it, right? Uh, evolve it for the for the podcast. For the so that, that feels fair. Okay. 
So yeah, I'm not on social media. We know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what you are on is this podcast. So let's talk about some trends. Boom! I liked it. That was a really smooth transition. (laughs) So um, new it's a uh, new year means uh, new COVID. Yeah, forever. So, yeah. Uh, so let's begin by looking back at. Tw- I want to look at the twenty twenty two COVID numbers, um, because why? I say like we all got vaccinated and it was great and like COVID was over. I mean, no, no, it no. no. So, um, twenty twenty. So specifically in January of uh, of twenty twenty two, we had the highest um, globally. We had the highest COVID numbers ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we were averaging. Say, say, so we were averaging about th- two and a half million ca- cases per day globally uh, throughout the month of January. Was, that was new cases, right? New cases. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, now, like I say, like it has, uh, let's say it has, you know, slowly petered out. So uh, throughout December, uh, the global average was only about six hundred thousand. Still a lot. Oh, I mean, but they're saying yes, but like you know, eight billion people. Uh, mm. I guess that's fair. Um. So, uh, so I just like I just wanted to like take this opportunity to point out and been like, well, COVID is like very like a very real thing. Like like still, um, not that like we not that like it should we should you know lock down, but like you should continue to be aware of it and you should continue to. If you do have COVID, you know, like take reasonable precautions. It is not, even if you're vaccinated, it is not the cold. Like it is, like it is yep. readily transmittable. Um, like there are people who are dealing who like long COVID is a thing. And there are people who are going to be dealing with it, who are dealing with it now and will be dealing with it probably for the rest of their lives. Like I, my, my sense of smell is forever changed. Oh yeah. Ever since I got it back yeah. in 2020. That's uh that is unfortunate. Yeah. But but Alex, the president said that the pandemic was over. The pandemic very well may be over. And that like there's nothing we let's say outside of like taking reasonable precautions to protect each other, there's not a whole like there's not it's not reasonable to do additional things beyond that, especially like if you have been vaccinated. But it is something like but I do strongly encourage you to take reasonable precautions. Um, and just as like a, a case in all of this, I want to observe um, China. Oh, buddy. I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, current models, like current very conservative models, estimate that China will uh, lose one million people this year due to COVID. Yep. Oh, those are the conservative Those are the conservative models. models. Oh, yep. Uh, one point as a conservative model, 1.1 million COVID deaths. Yep. Based off of the half-ass shitty data they're giving us. The oh, yep. no. Is 1 million. Yeah. And we know their data well, is, is all is kinds wrong. of messed up. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, this was, uh, sorry, go ahead, Nick, if you had something to say. Oh, uh, the conservative model would be, those are actually deaths from something else. <laughs> <laughs> that, capital C, lo- lowercase c conservative. Um, oh, my mistake, my mistake. Yeah. Um, that was funny. So, uh, like, and, and, like, and as a note, like, uh, like what you were talking about, uh, their total, their total reported deaths over the past three years is 5,235. Yeah. 
Now, uh, so this things get a little bit more complicated because um, China was facing significant um, civil unrest um, against their no COVID policies. So um, they uh, a day in say in China was. I, I I get like I go I go to leave my apartment. In order to leave my apartment, I have to take a COVID test, and then the test is scan, and then they scan that test, and it is beamed to the to the repository, and then it gets updated on my phone, and then I go to a place, and they scan my phone, and they see the negative COVID test, and then I can proceed with like my day anywhere I go, uh, any store, any restaurant, any. Let's say my 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 business. I just scan my they scan my phone and it pulls up the negative COVID test. Now, what happens if you have a co- positive COVID test? I'm happy you asked. So you are immediately whisked away to uh, like to one of their facilities where you would stay. Um, uh, you have a prolonged stay until you tested negative. Um, and anywhere that you say because because they have your phone they'd be able to backtrack your any places that you went and people there would be say uh, those places would be placed on lockdown for I say for uh, I, I say for various periods depending upon how they say the the like the number of cases that they observed so that would mean that if like so if someone in your building that houses thousands of people got this one person got COVID, you were locked in your building for up to two weeks. I mean, for up to like four weeks. Yep. Because ever as I say, because like one person, like one person tests positive, And then like, as you're, uh, as you're nearing the end, another person tests positive. So then it prolongs and. Yep. And they've been living like this. Right. For two, like for two years. Oh my God! I yeah. didn't realize it was that. Yeah, bad. this is the zero, the zero COVID. Yes. Policy. So, uh, facing the civil unrest from the Han Chinese in like their major cities, the Communist Party um, uh, relented and they took and they really loosened their restrictions for this. Like say, but what that means, what all of this means, is like while they have been vaccinated, they haven't. Uh, say, like their system hasn't really been tested, uh, like for like robustly in the same way that like ours or Europe's was, for better or for worse. Yep. Like, um, and so uh, they're with the loosening of their restrictions. Uh, they're let's say they're expecting. Yeah. Massive, massive casualties. Yeah. Yep. And say, but and you know, in that situation, what do you do? We are we are putting these say we are putting in these draconian measures to protect you. We don't like your draconian measures, and we will fight you. Well, we will then we will remove our draconian measures, and you will die. Yep. I mean, that's where they are. And some of you will die. Yeah. And that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. And I mean, I mean, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> you are demanding we make that sacrifice, right? Yeah, right. And you know, look, like we're we're dealing with a new, another new variant, which we're going to be dealing with like forever, like COVID for forever, forever. Yeah. because COVID is endemic. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't think I don't. But think... like, what's happening in China will probably produce at least another couple new variants because you're going to get like the disease is going to all of a sudden get a bunch of new hosts. 
and uh-huh. it's going to change mutate, and transform. And then because of global travel patterns, that will end up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, Can't there's going to be at least a few new variants that are going to spawn from what China's doing, and they're going to make their way here. And say, and, uh, sooner rather than later. And uh, <laughs> as a, as a note, um, so the the ones that I say the models that I was published that I cited earlier were from like external models. They're for like from like from U.S. and Europe. Uh, but another one from the School of Public Health at Fudan University in Shanghai re- estimated 1.55 million deaths this year. Yeah. Is that also a conservative? Yeah. These are all, these are all, when people <laughs> yeah. do, imu- immunological models are always conservative. Oh, okay. Because no, because like no one wants to deal with worst case scenarios. That's fair. Nobody wants to predict the play. No one wants to. Pre- no <laughs> one wants to predict. I say, you know, like we're we're I say we're estimating three hundred million deaths. Um, <laughs> right, right. No one, no one. The spark panic. Three hundred million yeah. people die. Yeah. Um, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, I feel no like one wants that. A million deaths is already enough to incite panic, but that's that's just me. Yep. I don't know. U.S. didn't really didn't appear to didn't appear to mind. Uh, we did, <laughs> we did here on the on the podcast. Well, yeah, like, because we're reasonable people. <laughs> just a reminder: uh, total COVID deaths per the CDC, official per the CDC, is a little shy of one point one million. Yeah, that's too many people. Yeah, that's too many. Come on, y'all. I'll never forget telling my dad in like February of 2020 that's going to kill a million people. And he was like, what? I was like, it's the math, man. It's going to kill a million people. <laughs> and he thought I was crazy. And I was like, all right, dad. And my dad's not like a conservative. He just, it just couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Was gonna well, kill I, a, million I think a million people <laughs> is, a million is an, un, is a, um, it, it's like, it's the, it is a commonly used number that humans have no comprehension of. Yep. Yep. What's a million? Yep. I mean, I, I recognize it's a thousand thousand. Like a thousand thousands, but like, what the thousand thousands? Right. Yeah. Like, what is that? What does that, yeah, what does that like? look like? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you were to show me a million, like a million grains of sand, I'd be like, yeah, that's a, like, I could, like, that's a million. I'd be like, I don't know, a few hundred thousand. Like, I don't, right. Right. It's, it's, it's uncounted. It's a pile of sand. That's a pile right. of pile sand. Of sand. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So there you go. All right. Well, that's, uh, those are some fun numbers, and by fun, I'm using that term incredibly sarcastically. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and get back into uh, a little bit of the meat of this show. Um, I'm excited for this one. This was a bit more uh, subjective. I, I know that there there are a lot of things that we can point to, but first, I wanted to, like, th- this original... Um, topic was brought up by a conversation I had with both my wife and then uh, a couple of people like around us both. We had uh, a couple situations where we had some uh, like get togethers. And one of the most interesting things that was brought up was the fact that like everyone at the table was like Kamala Harris was like a really impactful like, you know, election. And then, or Biden-Harris was a really impactful election, and they hadn't heard shit about Kamala since. And I was like, you know what? I really haven't either. <laughs> like, at least from, the, like, the, if you, if you like, Google it, like, yeah. clearly, there's, like, things that she's done that have yeah. been reported on that right. you could, like, find. But, like, she's not in, like, States of the Union. She's not in any yeah. of the addresses. 
Like, what has she done yeah. since being in office? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why does nobody know what she's done since she's, she's been in office? And I was like, well, let's let's talk about like why, yeah. because I feel like that's that's an important thing to know. Like there there is a reason why yeah. she's not as prevalent as some people thought she would have been, considering she was kind of like the face of their marketing. Yeah. When Biden was running. Yeah. Because of the fact that her. Her being elected would be monumental. And so I wanted to to pay some quick lip service to the things that I found out, because yeah. I didn't know this before, things that I found out that she's done. Yeah. Um, and then talk about some of the the things outside of that that I think you guys might have some opinions All on. All right. So first things first, uh, Harris specifically uh, has had a very large presence abroad, I've learned. Uh, she's been, in many ways, the face of uh, getting America back on track in the eyes of our um, foreign allies and such. Uh, she's done a lot of meetings with them and kind of getting, like I said, that that, that whole American image back on track. She's m- mostly been the face of that. She's also been called on many times to be the tiebreaker in the Senate, which I didn't actually know the vice president did. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was one of their major like yeah. roles was to be like the president of the Senate. Yep. Yeah. It very rarely comes up unless you're in, you know, very tightly divided Congre- yep. Uh, Senate. Yep. So, yeah. One of the things that I found was that like there there are a lot of uh, I mean the, the, there there are a lot of political articles everywhere, but one of the things that I noticed when I was like looking up information regarding Harris was that there were a lot of people that say like she's like nowhere to be seen. Like yeah. that's a that's a common thread apparently. Yes. Uh, in the the eyes of the political sphere, and one of the reasons why a lot of them bring it up is the fact that she's been notably absent, specifically in press conferences and in interviews, because in many situations there are lots of one-on-one interviews where you know a president or a vice president would like share their thoughts on any specific goings on or any particular you know thing. She hasn't really been relevant in a lot of those and i wanted to see if you guys had any ideas as to why i i mean yes i i do i'm so look, yes so look. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have to go back we, we, we'd have to go back to like what we talked about during the biden harris like when they were elected but i i feel pretty confident in in saying like i was always a little lukewarm on the narrative about her not like her personally just the entire narrative i was like man i think this narrative is basically bs because could you name me the last 10 vice presidents and and like like i'll give you biden and i could give you pence like because pence is from indiana and i think most i Cheney, Cheney, Al Gore, uh-huh. um, and I and I was gonna say you're gonna get hung up on George H. W.'s. Yeah, I have no idea who who Dan Quayle. Yep, nope, wasn't coming up with that one. You could probably get Reagan's because it was George H. W. Bush. Yeah, I say that. That was. <laughs> I was gonna say was it Bush? But <laughs> could you get? Could you? Could you guess Jimmy Carter's if you had a hundred guesses? No, no, no. You couldn't. No. Because vice presidents don't matter. They just, like, as a rule, 
They're insignificant. We think of the vice presidency as this stepping stone to the presidency. But the reality is that in U.S. history, it's historically not. It's historically not. It was in the beginning, but that was like when the vice president was whoever finished as runner up. That's how you end up with Adams and Jefferson becoming vice president and then president. That changes with the 12th Amendment because like, when the vice president was the runner up, it meant that the vice president hated the president. Yes. <laughs> and they were like, well, that's not going to work. So the position that was historically the stepping stone was secretary of state. This is the whole like from Hamilton where he's like, ha ha, I'm secretary of state. That was the position that most people thought was the stepping stones of the presidency. Right. It was never the vice president. And then you have this run of like basically the vice president ascends to the presidency because the president dies. <laughs> That's how it mostly happens. But then you have like Bush, you have Martin Van Buren and you have like uh, like Nixon was vice president for Eisenhower and then lost to Kennedy and then became president later on. But it's actually not really a stepping stone position. It's well, actually a dead end. Walter Mondale, by the way. <laughs> right. Mondale was Carter's. I knew it was like, like no one remembers Walter Mondale. And I say who then proceeded to get smashed, smashed by Ronald Reagan. So like, it's, I, I did not even know that person existed. Exactly. It's not a significant position. <laughs> historically, it doesn't have any, any really defined roles it doesn't have anything it definitely does unless you have a closely divided senate and you have a lot of tiebreakers it's not really a stepping stone it tends to be a dead end like people's careers kind of come to an end like cheney like pence is dead like he his career is over dick cheney did nothing afterwards like al gore just left politics after he lost it he just left politics Completely. Like, Walter Mondale was never heard from again. <laughs> that was it for Walter <laughs> Mondale. He lost, he got crushed, and then left politics. Because where do you go after the vice presidency? Anything else is a step down. So there's nowhere to go mm. other than the presidency, and it's not really a great stepping stone because you can't campaign against the president because you're part of the administration, so you can't. Like like Kamala can't do like what Bernie Sanders does or AOC does where they kind of criticize the administration because you're part of the administration. You can't get out and campaign two years ahead of time because you still have to do the job of vice president. Yep. <laughs> so you're just stuck, stuck. So my pushback was always like. It's. Is she she people called her significant. Even though. Condoleezza Rice was way more impactful as national security advisor and secretary of state to George W. Bush than Kamala Harris has been to Joe Biden because she was national security advisor and secretary of state, which which are two positions that I think definitely have more impact than vice president and a lot more defined roles. Right. And I thought we always just lost a sight of like, I don't know what she's going to do as vice president. Because what do vice presidents do? Mostly stand there at signing ceremonies and like. Stand there, <laughs> like I thought it was always a weird. I thought it was always so weird that they're like she's gonna. And, and I and I know there are probably people who look up. I look. I've been going on for a long time. I know, but I saw this que- I saw this topic, and I was like, I got some thoughts. I was like <laughs> I had so many thoughts. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. But like, I know there are probably people who look up to her, and that's obviously great. But I just don't know a lot of people who look up to vice presidents. 
If anything, I, I think specifically they'll look up to her as like an example that it's possible. Right. Not necessarily that she is or is going to right. do anything impactful with it. Right. But like just seeing the representation in and of, in and of itself is enough. And but for even some people. that, but even that is a bit odd, I think, because it is not an earned position. That's fair. It's always a bit odd to me that, like, because, yeah, like, she was just chosen by Biden. It's vice president can be anybody. There's not. There's, there's like not a, elected a spot. You're <laughs> just chosen by the other one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, Largely and, to political to carry political uh, favor. Right. And and in the case of Harris, it didn't even. It didn't even qualify as so, that. I say, it's it's unclear to me that it did. Yeah. Look, I always thought her and Biden were a weird pair, uh, Be, because like she hit him really hard during the primary. And look, it's all's fair in politics. But I was like, I don't know. You kind of called me a racist. I'm like I just don't. I don't. I don't want to work with you for four years. So that so that was the bit that I was. That's the part <laughs> I was gonna get to, and it was like because he doesn't like her. Yeah. I they don't. Like, they don't get a like. They don't. I mean, not that they like they don't personally get along, but I just mean like his campaign and like his like his right. office doesn't agree with her office, right? So like they just uh, sideline. I'm gonna right. know what I'm gonna have you do after the Roe v. Wade thing. Go visit red states, right? I mean, go. Yeah, thank like, you. Her team had her <laughs> make a really really hard run at Biden during the primary because they realized that we gotta unseat Biden in order to have a shot at the presidency. That's fair, but I you're right, Alex. I don't think his team trusts her team. Probably not because they're like, remember that time you kind of called our guy racist? We do. <laughs> <laughs> we remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. We remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> We're good. And. uh and I think all these things have added up. And I mean, like now we're looking and if you start looking ahead, Biden, I think it's pretty much I think it's really clear at this point. He he intends to run for re-election. Um, <sighs> whether or not Harris, he'll get it is and what is Harris supposed to do? She can't quit yeah. and do her own thing. And, well she could. But she has nothing to do. She can't go can back you, to being senator. Can, can you can you I guess you could primary Biden, but that would be literally insane. <laughs> can can you can you get a new vice president in your second term? Is that yeah. a thing? You could, but yeah, for a could. bunch of reasons, nobody would do it. That's fair. Like, like yes, Biden could choose somebody else, but <laughs> it would be like so politically toxic that I was, I was say, like, she would have to step down. Right. So, but but she doesn't want to do that because if she steps down, then what does she do? She can't go back. To, she's like stuck with Biden until 2028. So she goes back to being a cop. I mean, she can go back to being attorney general. I guess, but like she's just stuck with Biden until 2028, at which point American politics kicks in. And now you're running as the third straight version of the same administration, which is also really hard. Ask mm. Al Gore. People are like, well, we're not, we're not. like, it's just. It really is like a dead end position. And I was like, uh, I don't know if you should be super excited for this up and coming star to be chosen for what's kind of a dead end spot. Because the assumption was like Biden will quit after one term and Harris will succeed him. But then Biden's like, but I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I never promised <laughs> I, you that. I, my, tin hat, my, my tin hat theory was that 
the Democratic Party was banking on Biden dying in office for her to take his place. It's not even a tin. That, that, that's not even a tinfoil theory, I, it's bro. It's really that's not. Like, is it not? Is that, it not? Okay, that's, oh, that's right. the Fair crazy enough. part. Like a lot of people that I know of were concerned about that exact thing. Yeah. Like when they took office, was that like it, it was the Kamala waiting room? Basically, <laughs> they were so certain that Biden would either die or only serve one term, or like get sick or something, and then yeah, and then additionally, additionally, uh, I think a key thing we're leaving out that makes Kamala seem much more like a background person than normal is that we just got off the train wreck circus that was Trump and Mike Pence, yeah, that's fair. who were basically celebrities for lack of a better term, always in the spotlight of yeah. everything, every day, all the time. Yeah. And when you go from everything, everywhere, all of the time to a regular presidency, it seems so much more stealthy or um, covert by comparison. That's fair. Yeah. That's I mean, very fair. It's really like, all right, my last one, my last one. Barack Obama, when he left office, left as a very popular president. I would say. And there had, you know, they were really good at the social media game. Him and Biden had done all these sort of like social media things between the two ferns and stuff. And even with that bump, Barack couldn't get Biden out of the primary in 2016. <laughs> even uh, with and Biden, didn't run. Oh, that's but like, like, do you think Biden could have beat Hillary? Yes. No. Hillary had amassed all of the Democrats behind her. Like Hillary was a steamroller. Uh, I say, um, no, I don't. I don't actually think that's right. I don't think Biden thought he he could get because Hillary quit in right. two thousand twelve and had been campaigning for four years. You're, I mean, you're you're, you're right. You're right. But uh, I say, but I also know maybe with an explicit Obama nomination, he yeah. could have carried it. But yeah, yeah. But Obama had made it clear that like he like well he wasn't going to weigh, he wasn't going to weigh in between Hillary and Bernie because he didn't want to taint his presidency. Uh, correct. <laughs> and so like there just wasn't a lot like there just wasn't a lot he could do. And this was like Obama, and he just couldn't. And, and even when Biden ran in two thousand twenty, like Obama couldn't give him the bump. That was Obama. And I'm like, I don't know. If Obama couldn't give Biden a bump, I don't know what you think Biden's going to do for Harris. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. Like, it's just so weird. It was so weird. It was a weird narrative two years ago. And I'm like, oh, it, God. And, and I think it's still a little weird, it's weird. today. Yeah. I, yes. I feel like America's going to be real weird for a while while we effectively minute. recover yes. from yes. the Trump presidency. Like, there's one thing you learned. The vice presidency the is Trump the Trump trauma. Stone. The, the Trump, Trump trauma. trauma. I love that. Oh my God. The Trump <laughs> trauma. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing that for the future. Now, <laughs> uh, this has been a very interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Definitely could have gone a bit further, but we do need to wrap it up now. So uh, this podcast has been brought to you in part by El Yag Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians. And of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and polls. That's the one we covered today. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all at home for listening. Thank you, Nick, for joining us via Zoom. We will see you next time. Josh and the team out.